right, back here again. Again, it's Jeff Nowak. This is a special sports talk field edition of the program. So in this next segment, we're going to hear from a few callers, some interesting takes from the listeners at WWL. And then we're going to chat with Bobby Bear, get his thoughts on the hire. Here you go. Going to lead off the comments with Jimmy and Gretna. What you got to say about Clint Kubiak, Jimmy? Hey, first off, let me say happy Mardi Gras. I'm stuck in some bad traffic trying to oh, go out yeah. the fi- Man, traffic is bad from West Wego to Chalmette, uh, you name it. Downtown, uptown, don't matter. Everything's backed up. Uh, total dead stop. Trying to go out to Metairie to see Zebra tonight at the Family Gras. And look, I'm trying to get a hall pass <laughs> to see DJ, DJ Pauly D from Jersey Shore. He's going to be downtown tomorrow night for Pygmalion Fest even though it's going to be a washout. Let me say this. I'm not a fan of Dennis Allen right now. He should have got the pink slip. I know Gail Benz is a nice lady, all right? <laughs> Very nice lady. She's the kind of owner you want. She's willing to spend money. She stays out of the way. She's not like Jerry Jones, all right? Now, I do get concerned long-term when she passed away with no kids and no man that some New Yorkers are going to come buy this team up. And I know they got things in the paperwork yeah, and all like, that. Right. But you know what I mean. Listen, I will say this. Slam dunk. I love Kubiak. I think he's got a great resume. I think the pedigree, the family, you know, his dad being Gary, uh, coming from the 49ers and being around Shanahan, to me, is a great move. It's it's the only move we've done recently. With We know Dennis Allen's coming back. We know now with the restructured contract for Derek Carr, not only is he, we can't cut bait on him in a year. We got, we got essentially, we have him for two years, and I hope he turns out to be better. But what I get concerned about, like a lot of Saints fans, with Derek Carr, is it's not like he's in his rookie year, second or third year. He is what he is, and that's a average quarterback who gets paid a lot of money, and that's why he's under a microscope. But between Dennis Allen and the whole situation with Derek Carr, which may or may not have been the right free agent move. Uh, and we're kind of stuck with both for now. I think the Kubiak move is the best move I've seen done from the administration, from the brass, to get fans back on board, forcing Dennis Allen's hand, like, look, get rid of Pete Carmichael, let him go to Denver, let Sean Payton do uh, Saints 2.0, do that whole deal up in the snow. And I like this move a lot. I think this is going to – he's a young mind who's really – he's got a lot of IQ there and football IQ, and I think it's a great move. From a season ticket standpoint, selling tickets, I think it's a move in the right direction. So, look, happy Mardi Gras. Yes, indeed. See y'all at the uh, P-Raid. See you out there, Jimmy. Some positive Saints takes. I like that, man. In a couple weeks, you could be talking about you know, a guy with a Super Bowl ring walking into town. There you too, go. You hey. And, and I do think that there's value in that. You know, I think there's value in being around a team that's that's had as much success as the 49ers have had. Right, you want to talk about culture, winning culture. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, like I, I agree with Jimmy there in in the sense of, like, I, I – I haven't seen a single person on Twitter or social media oh, or even on, this even is a on our text hire. line. Like, I can't find a single person <laughs> that is like, I hate this. And, you know, it's nice. It's a nice change. I forgot what support feels like. Uh, but, you know, I, I agree. And, you know, he could, you know, the funny thing is Clint could show up and crash and burn. But I, I do think that there is something to be said for not doing what the fans want, but, you know, energizing things a little bit, you know. And uh, I just think that it, things had gotten stale. You know, and and you could feel it. It was just this kind of 
running in place feeling about this offense. And you were trying to do an impression of Sean by an, with an impression of whatever. Like right. it was just this imitation of an offense that doesn't exist anymore. And I just think in terms of having an identity, like that was the buzzword all last year. What is the identity of this team? I don't know. It just seems like they were throwing stuff at a wall and hoping that you could figure out something that sticks and you know what the funny thing is late in the year it kind of feels like you did and I do think you need to look at that and, and pull some things out of it like okay why did this work how can we replicate the good stuff and and incorporate more uh you know the 49ers I think this is a Nick Underhill stat like they ran plays with motion at twice the rate of the Saints last year over the course of the season and just doing things that are just I don't know change your look and change the idea of what your offense does so it's just not as I don't know, warmed over? I don't know if that's the right word, but that's what it felt like throughout the season. And it's just hard to get excited about it. And I think this is a much – I think you're going to have people get excited about this, and hopefully they can deliver on it. And for me, too, you know, Jimmy brought up the fact of you know, the Derek Carr contract uh, getting reworked. And for me, I understand some of the, the fans' you know, trepidations about the, the move there, but it's something that needed to be done for – the salary cap issues, obviously. And for me, Carr Car last season, to fault maybe, he played hurt when he shouldn't have. I think we saw him struggle at times because of that shoulder issue. I know he also dealt with concussions, what, two times over the season. But I think that shoulder and his back was a little more of an issue than he ever led on to. And if he was able to get out there, he was going to play no matter what. I, he's one of those people that – is just built like that. I would no matter. I don't care what percentage I am. If I can gr- get myself onto the field, I'm going to play. I'm interested to see, obviously, what year two holds for him. I know he's not any spring chicken, but I think we saw what he can do in this offense towards the end of the year. It's been brought up so many times of the team being able to uh, have success in that final run, which gave you hope for this season, for the next season. Yeah, and we could talk about the restructure a little bit as we go on here. It, it, that was always going to happen. You know, I, I know that there was a lot of idea of like, oh, we can move on from after next year. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the numbers, and I looked at all the numbers this morning. I've looked at them several times, and I saw no route to getting to cap compliance without restructuring Derek Carr. Or at least, like, your options were restructure Derek Carr and then make the sensible restructures as much as possible to get there and not make any decisions that could bite you or as, as few decisions that put you in a precarious situation down the road as possible. Your options were restructure Carr and do it that way or not restructure Carr and basically restructure everybody else. That, th- that was, Those were your choices. Because Derek Carr represents $23 million that you can clear up for next year's salary cap. No one else represents over $11 million, and Ryan Ramchek is that guy. <laughs> Another guy, a guy who I think you probably don't want to restructure for the obvious reason. So, you know, I, I think Derek Carr, for better or worse, he's the guy. And I do think, like, having some QB stability is good. You know, and, and I'd like to see him be able to build on year one. You know, I, I, there was this idea that he could show up in year one and be perfect. And I get it. You're a vet. He's a veteran. He's in his 10th year. There is some level of learning that comes with a new offense and new playmakers. And if you're looking for the hopeful glass half full Derek Carr take, it's that throughout the course of the season, he got better. And hopefully he can hit the ground running next year in a way he was not able to this year. And we can keep him healthier. Yeah, that that too. (laughs) We're going to check in with our Oakland Hard Jewelers tech and talk and text line and one of our favorites here at WWL, Craig. How you doing, Craig, from Craig's Electrical? What's up, Craig? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, Jeff? Hanging in there, man. What do you think about this hire? Man, that was that was my number one pick, man. Was it him? Was it uh, Kubiak and Zach Robinson? And when I seen this Falcons pick up Zach Robinson, 
I was like, all right, but, you know, just sitting back, I was like, you know, the Saints have to have somebody that's still playing right now. And I said, I hope, well, I think it is, and it was, so. Yeah, the longer it went on, the more it felt like, yeah, Kubiak's probably the guy, or maybe even Greasy, right? One of those 49ers right, it's guys. Right, someone involved in the Super but Bowl. It, it does feel weird that the team did something that the fans wanted. You know, it's like I'm, I'm almost worried about it. It's That's not how this operates. What's going on? So what you, what you guys think about it? No, I mean, I, I agree. Again, like we were talking about, you know, it, it's, a, it's a hire that should get people excited. And I think Saints fans, you know, the, a lot of the frustration, I think, over this last season – you know, it's geared around the results. It's geared around whatever. But, you know, 9-8 and eight is not a record that should have people so angry all the time. And I just think it's like people just feel like there's nothing to look forward to. They feel like they're going to go to the game, you're going to see the same thing over and over again. I really think it's because everybody, every single person went into last year with that expectation after seeing the schedule. And it was like, well, this is a 10-win team at the least. And then when that didn't happen, it was like, oh, 9-8, you know, it's terrible. Fire everybody. Yeah, well, and I, I think just on the offensive side of things, too, you you spent so much time talking about Sean Payton, offensive wizard. He's going to figure it out. <laughs> like, we can trust him to go in there with a plan and be the better coach. There, this offense is going to look better. This offense is going to be devised better. This offense is going to have the better plan. And now you these last two years you went into it and it just didn't feel that way. Especially, you know, go back to that Rams game. Did it feel like did it feel like the Saints' offense had a better plan than the Rams? Did it feel like they were on the same planet in terms of in terms of game plan for that game? No, <laughs> no. And and so I think that's why, we, like, if you're trying to get excited about this hire, that's it. You feel like okay, this is how we catch up. And if they can do that, if the Saints can do that, I think people get on board real fast. Happy to welcome in the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abair, to the radio huddle now. Cajun Cannon, definitely appreciate the time on your day off, but what do you think of hearing the news? The Saints have targeted their offensive coordinator, and it is Clint Kubiak, passing game specialist with the San Francisco 49ers. Well, uh, I'm just glad uh, that he's not a virgin calling plays. Uh, you know, that's what he yep. didn't need. And... Uh, you know, it's, it's, that's an art. I'm telling you, the NFL level, the call plays now. That being only one season in 2021 with the Vikings. Uh, so you're looking at uh, previous experience as the offensive coordinator calling plays. And, you know, not necessarily that they're right home about. I think, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, uh, very similar, I think, to Derek Carr as far as uh, stability. Uh, not, you know, viewed them as the best quarterbacks, but still you would say um, on the best day, they could be top 10, some 10, 11, 12 around there. So, and then him being associated now uh, with the 49ers as the passing game coordinator, and just look how the steadiness of Brock Purdy. So, no, I, I, I think it's a big win. I don't know how Saints fans could be upset with this. I'd, I'd like to, if any fan, I don't know if y'all got any uh, texts or callers that were anti this. I, I would like to hear their rationale. Uh, behind that, uh, but I think it's a big win uh, when you look at it. I'm actually familiar with that name. I know his dad. <laughs> that show, I know Gary Kubiak. He was the backup for John Elway when I was playing. Um, when uh, you know we we when he was dealing both with the Broncos, and um, you know this is going back a long time. But you know it's it's amazing how networking and who you know get your foot in all the door. Uh, D.A. Uh, Dennis Allen keeps those Texas A&M uh, connections going. <laughs> you know, Gary sure Kubiak, does. quarterback there, and then Clint. That's not a coincidence. So it's who you're familiar with, and I guarantee you he's it, somewhere in the past he's met uh, Clint Kubiak probably when he was a little boy or, you know, different times. Or 
I'd say that would be uh, my case, you know, dealing with uh, his dad, Gary Kubiak. But well, Bobby, I got, I got one for you here. Yeah. So Gary Kubiak was the running backs coach at Texas A&M when Dennis Allen was there playing. Well, you see, that, that <laughs> right then, it, it's amazing how you cross paths. And um, and I don't know, I, I, I would be surprised if Clint Kubiak does not have success as offensive coordinator of – because he's one, and he realized, even though you're the passing game coordinator, he realized how important uh, the run game is and that rushing attack. You know, people look at the 49ers and their stability, and you say, oh, well, who maybe, like you look at the regular season, and I guess who has the more stable teams, and even though I don't go against Pat Mahomes, that's, that's I don't know, you get burned like when you go against Tom Brady. But I think you'd think on the paper that uh, the 49ers got a better team and uh, look at the Ravens and how they were structured. You got it. Listen, you're passing game coordinator, but you still involve how you set up plays, calling run plays, and all that. Uh, you just look at Shanahan's teams. Uh, you look at they always known for their creative rushing attack. You know, this day and age, you always want to look, you know, in the passing game and everything. But um, you know, relying on that outside zone concepts and motion and. Um, and trying to help you out to dictate coverage, whether it's zone or man and all that, and then you mix in a good part of play action. So uh, I think there's no excuse for uh, Derek Carr to not have success. And I think uh, Derek Carr uh, was all on board uh, for this with Clint Kubiak uh, coming on board. Yeah, Bobby, you know, the the interesting thing for me is just, you know, you know the Saints kind of zeroed in on Clint, I think, pretty early on. And that's why, you know, I kept hearing people say, well, why aren't they going faster? Why aren't they rushing this process and hiring somebody? Well, like they, they could be still coaching. <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, I think this is a good example for people. It's like patience is, is a virtue for a reason, right? Like there's this idea that the first person that gets hired, like, oh, no, they didn't get that guy. And then the next person, oh, no, they didn't get that guy. If Clint was at the top of their list from the beginning, then this is a massive win. And I think – you know, some teams wouldn't have been patient enough to wait out a team that makes it to the Super Bowl. And you still can't finish out this contract quite yet because he's still playing. But I just think, I don't know, like, I think that the Saints have it right in the the idea that you don't need to rush. There's plenty of time. You know, there's only 32 of these jobs. Like, it's not like there's only 32 guys on the planet who can be the offensive coordinator in the NFL, be an offensive coordinator in the NFL. So, I, I don't know. I, I appreciate the way they went through this process. I appreciate how wide they cast their net. Um, and I think they ended up with the right guy. Well, he has, uh, you know, everyone's talking about Zach Robinson. I was a Zach Robinson fan. I know uh, Mike Dettelier was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has more experience calling plays than Zach Robinson. Right. Uh, when you look Robinson, uh, you know, uh, obviously, uh, you know, when he's in McVay and all and, and being part of the game plan and all that and being the quarterback coach and, you know, what he was able to do with uh, with Matthew Stafford. But, uh, you know, it's going to be intriguing, boy. It's going to make uh, – in, in the NFC South, you know, everybody said, we got to get younger. we got too many old farts around here. Well, uh, you look, Zach Robinson's 37 years old and Kubiak's 36. So, shoot, uh, I, I – Man, I finished playing and I was 37. <laughs> you know, you get to the point of that. That's when you know you played a long time in the league. And you start when you're getting in your 30s and you look at, i never forget, uh, Coach Moore's son, J.L. Moore, you know, ended up being a head coach uh, with, uh, with the Falcons and then all over. I think he's now the head coach at UConn. I remember when he came on the staff, I said, man, I'm actually older than a couple of coaches on the staff. So that, that's when you know you've been around. But I think that brings uh, a lot of – 
you know, uh, hype, but uh, yeah, a lot of young, uh, vibrant coaches, uh, you know, and uh, well in their uh, prime. And, and look, this could be a building block. I, I think, uh, okay, I'm just going to say this now. I think Clint Kubiak will have success with the Saints, and then one day he'll be an NFL head coach like his dad was. That's what I think. Cajun Cannon, you're looking at the Saints coaching staff right now on offense. Still need a running back coach, a wide receiver coach, but I wouldn't imagine that the Saints make any moves just yet, obviously, until this Kubiak deal can be finalized, right? Oh, yeah, why would you? I mean, if I'm the offensive coordinator, I want the coaches who I want. Right, I mean, do, you, do, you think, do you think any of the guys currently on staff could be in danger? Well, I I don't know what um, what Clint Kubiak uh, thinks, and uh, you know, and like with Doug Marone, the offensive line coach, right. like you said, uh, the running back coach receiver. No, he's definitely going to have input. That he has to have input in that. And Dennis Allen will trust him. No, he's really the head coach of the offense now. Even though Dennis Allen is the head coach, Dennis Allen is not running the offense. You know, you might. Whether you're going forward on board down or not, uh, you know, a decision to be made as a head coach. But as far as – as I always said this, uh, the Saints really need to get back to where uh, – play better against the run. If the defense doesn't play well, that's Dennis Allen's fault because that's his baby. Even when he became a head coach, he said, uh, no, I'm, I'm the head coach, but I'm still uh, going to be the defensive coordinator. I'm calling the defenses. Now, you get help putting a game plan and all together. It was very similar to Sean Payton, even though he was the head coach. He wasn't telling them what to do on defense, uh, you know, or anything like that. No, he was calling plays and all that. So, uh, I think Dennis Allen has a lot of confidence in Clint Kubiak, and I, I think Mickey Loomis also. Uh, so, you got to wait and see. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we want to be more optimistic, but you got to be realistic. And I, and I think this would be a great accomplishment. It doesn't mean you're winning anything. Uh, just think if if we did next season what Tampa Bay did this season. And remember, we kicked Tampa Bay's behind at the end of the season. But look what they did. They won the NFC South. They hosted a playoff game, and they won. And all of a sudden, they're, they're in the Final Four. Now, uh, to me, that'd be a big win. Now, we got to get back to the playoffs. Three straight years not being in the playoffs. But to me, that'd be a big win. And you know the team's heading in the right direction. At first, you got to win your division, win the NFC South, host a playoff game, and not only host it and win it, and all of a sudden, you're taking that next step to get back to the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship.